Last time, our heroes entered a research facility to find the third artifact of the Trial of Faith. However, their entry came with the condition of rescuing a girl and retrieving Professor Ariana's research notes. Even worse, the party must navigate the labyrinthine-like laboratory before the building is destroyed by the awaiting Urian military. Just what horrors await the party inside the facility? Let's find out. refresh you there are two doors on your left two doors on your right and the hallway continues forward but you cannot see very far because of the darkness mm. so you have dispatched all of the current enemies in the area though you did make quite a bit of noise with with the rapid fire of the gun of the demon and with drifters two shots of his own um are so what would doors, you like to do are the doors marked at all uh no but basically every door here is broken off its hinges uh, Ch- chash is gonna like crack open a door next to him yeah sure you open this door and what you see could be described as a sort of small classroom of sorts there are chairs lined up facing Mm -hmm. a sort of kind of display desk you know where you see laboratory equipment on it Mm -hmm. on this particular one you see you see a lantern which is shining as it has its own power source uh towards a piece of cloth but no light passes beyond the cloth that's curious yeah chash will walk up and investigate the cloth it appears to be pitch black. The cloth, the cloth is black. Yes, the, it's very small. It's like a small, like six-inch square. The, it's so lit. Oh my god, Lola, could you come over here? This cloth is weirding me out. Well, Josh, um, I think it's just a black cloth. But um, if you're so afraid of it, I'll, I'll come take a look. So I, I come into the room and pick it up. Um. I don't really have a light spell, but I have prestidigitation. I mean... Sure, that's you- fine. With a snap of your fingers, a bit of flame erupts at your fingertips that you can hold behind and all around the cloth. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless of whatever angle you place the flame around, you cannot see light from behind it. It's almost as if all of the light was absorbed by the cloth itself. Well, this is a fascinating bit of fabric. How about I take this and we shall examine it. We can examine it later, Okay. All right, be careful with that. All I right. wouldn't trust anything in here. No need to worry, dear. Let's get a move on, shall we? I don't I don't want to look in all of the rooms, but do I see a little girl in any of them? Okay, that's fine. Uh, I will say that on your searches of all of these rooms, I mean, you find uh, kind of very similar setups, basically, in every single room. Hmm. You also find, uh, in some of them, basically desiccated corpses, for the most part. Uh, they they look like they met similar ends to many of the people here. Some of them have large slash marks. Others seem to have burns similar mm. to the, those that you experience, but at a, at a greater degree. Uh, Drifter, you check into a neighboring room. Inside here, you see a sort of alchemical set. You know, like all the things you would expect: Erlenmeyer flasks, all the all the who's how and who shabam. And in them, you see a small sort of black and red substance that's in one of these containers, much very similar to the creatures that you have just been fighting, but it does, it kind of seems like it's contained there as if it was being prepared for some sort of experiment. Hmm. Gross. Victor will turn and walk out. <laughs> so you want to continue onwards. Yes. Uh, what is the order of people who goes first? Josh will go first. Okay. Then I'll go after Josh. Drifter will take the rear and, and look kind of on all sides. It's odd. You continue walking 
the area lit by the sort of lantern-like protrusion from uh, Edgar. No one's talking. Lola, you hear a voice in front of you. Oh, come on now, Brock. You can't keep teasing her like this. It's only our first job. You're right there. It's Siegfried. He's turned and faced you. He looks like he did years ago. Brock puts his hand on your shoulder and he says, Ah, oh, come on. It's easy. I mean, we just gotta round up a couple of rabid rats. I mean, this is beneath us. I mean, come on. I mean, even Lola's gotta agree this is a little below our kind of pig grade. Don't you think, Lola? I'm going to slouch away from Brock's hand and say, No, Brock, we really must do this. We've been tasked with it, and so... We, we've got to build up a reputation for the watch, so... Come on, let's get the job done. Stop fooling around. You come to your senses. You know Brock to be dead. And Siegfried is gone. Once this vision disappears, I kind of stumble backwards and I cast Dispel Magic and I'm, I'm freaking out. Um, up, I like kind of shriek a little bit. Like, uh. The figures collapse as if made of ash. You cast Dispel Magic. The spell goes off, but there's nothing. Josh, you're blinded by a bright light. Throngs and cheers and jeers all about you. It's hard to make out any of them. You're standing in line with many of your compatriots. Each of you preparing to take a drink from a large chalice. To your right, stands filled with onlookers. To your left, a woods filled with mist, darkness. You know it to be a labyrinth and the trial that awaits you. Eventually, diligence calls you up and invites you to take a drink. Josh will um, apprehensively mo- mosey on up uh, to the, imagining like a stand with the with the chalice on it, uh, and reaches out, twirls the liquid in the cup to get a look at its like consistency before he ingests it. It appears to be incredibly thick and almost oil-like. How does it smell? Like rotting fish. Josh will hold his nose with one hand because his nose is exposed. I don't know if you were picturing him in armor, but that wouldn't make any sense in this scene. So like he'll like swig it all back in one gulp as best as he can. As you do, your head is filled with pain. Your head spins. Images of terrible creatures fill your mind as you begin drunkenly wandering through the mists. And then you come to. You're covered in sweat. You see Lola has just experienced a similar vision. Drifter, you have just burst through the final train door of a train you've just been robbing. Lazarus is at your side, both of you carrying large sacks of money on your back, smiling at each other. He says, (laughs) That was too easy. They barely had any guards at all. Only just one paladin. They're all pushovers. I mean, I'd feel bad, but they're robbing everyone blind anyway. It's true. Fuck the angels. Besides, I blew the brakes, too. That'll be a nice surprise when this runs into town. That'll show those <laughs> religiosity folks. <laughs> yeah, you, you did what now? Broke off the brakes. You know, don't want to leave any evidence behind. You know, make it look like an accident. <laughs> That's not what we do. There's children on this train. Oh, don't go get in the high and mighty with me, Drifter. Come on, you accepted the job. You know what the you knew what the risks were. Now come on. He turns and he 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 prepares to get on top of the train. He starts he starts beginning to climb. Drifter will look at the money in his hand and at back at Lazarus, 
uh, who and sees the brake system that he has kind of in his pocket that he it's completely detached um, and reach up and grab him by the collar and say, that's not what we do. Drifter, you pull him off. You grab the brake system, but at the same time, you don't get quite a great grip on his collar. You instead grab his sack of money. He starts fumbling with it. You're pulling too much. He hits over the guardrail. He falls off the back of the train. You have both his sack of money and the brake, and you see a, a terrible sight as he crashes and tumbles as the train speeds on. You come to seeing your two compatriots having experienced similar visions. And you're here in this hallway. There are three doors leading off. The door to your left is sealed off. A label above it says theoretical archaeology. The middle door in front of you reads physics lab. This door appears to have been completely burst in from the outside, as if something from where you're standing had tried to just crawl, crawl into the room, and it clearly has. The room to your left, the doors are open. This one says experimental genetics. Chosh Ch- Ch- yeah. is going to lean against a wall uh, and just like struggle to get his breath from under the mask, Ch- Ch- try and sort himself out for a little bit. Lola, too, is staggering from that vision and upon regaining sight and her awareness of her surroundings she sees josh and walks up to him and puts a hand on his shoulder and says oh are you all right dearie uh josh is gonna like grab lola's arm like a little aggressively like not like <laughs> violently but like just sort of like and kind of like examine her in sort of a like Trying to determine if, like, he's he's in this moment mm-hmm. as well, you know? Drifter will walk up to them and say, hey, but you guys saw something, too? Uh, Chosh mm. will nod his head. Yes, I think we all have. All right. Well, what's done is done. we got to keep moving. Mm. Which uh, door would you like to go into? Can you remind me what Ariana, she used? Is she theoretical physics? She was experimental genetics. Okay. Mm-hmm. No problem. You're also looking so, for a little girl. You say, yes. You say the door was burst from the inside? Open it's, from the inside? Or? No, it's open from the outside where you're standing. Okay. Going forward. Okay. Um. Uh, I think theoretical archaeology is probably our best bet. Well, I should let you know that uh, Ariana asked me to get some notes from experimental genetics. So uh, let's go to theoretical archaeologist. Right, for a second. <laughs> Try- <laughs> Josh is going to laugh for maybe like the first time from one of Drifter's jokes. Wow. Yeah. He's going to let out a chuckle. You should a, be proud. A muffled chuckle. <laughs> a muckle. Can you, can you make up a, a muckle? Huh. You want to go to theoretical archaeology? Yes. I would like to theorize about archaeology. So this door is, is closed. These appear to be pretty sturdy iron doors that are like like a blast door. You know? Blast door. Josh is going to uh, charge the door. Great. And try just, just always the first. <laughs> just body it. He's gonna body this door. That is a nineteen plus yes. his strength is uh twenty-two. Josh, you run full run. strength at this door. You slam into it. There is a deafening gong as your as your shield hits <laughs> the wall. Nice. Uh, it leaves a large dent into the door. Nice. But does it open it? No. <laughs> Josh is gonna try and push the door open from the dent. It does not open from that. Okay. You hit right in the middle between like the two, yeah. two doors. Yeah, it's like two slits. <laughs> so yeah. I've now made it harder to open actually than Probably. it would have been before. Mm-hmm. Do you want to try something? You um, can... can I always try? And, I mean, I don't know what kind of lock there's on it. There appears to be no handles on this door. That being okay. said, I'm not saying that force is not an option. 
as um, the rest of the group thinks Josh is going to ram the door again. Is that, a, is that <laughs> that's permissible? That's totally fine, yeah. Okay. It's admirable. Iron Man. Uh, that is a six, plus my strength is nine. This time you ram the door, but it hurts your shoulder. Makes an enormous amount of noise. And you actually hear something coming. Uh, you hear you hear a noise for, uh, forward in, in the physics lab, like a large creature making a like a like a very long kind of like growl. Who goes there? That's all you hear for now. Uh, so my, my point is more warning you <laughs> yeah, about this. We're making a lot of noise. Drifter will uh, kind of laugh at Josh and, and grab by the <laughs> shoulder and say, step aside. And then he'll take his uh, gauntlet that he has on his hand and hold it up and shoot out a mighty hand cannon from his literal hand. <laughs> cannon. <laughs> you pump your arm like the cocking of a shotgun. You hold it with your other hand, aim it carefully at the door, and let loose an enormous explosion like cannon fire. An enormous <laughs> hole is blasted through the door that you can now crawl through. Excellent job, darling. I don't think we're out of the woods yet. You hear something large lumbering from the physics room towards you. Shall we pop in, age before beauty? And Drifter will dive kind of head first <laughs> into this crawl space that he's made and quickly get through. Mm. Uh, Josh is going to motion for Lola and say, armor's very slow. Okay. <laughs> So crawling. All three of you barely crawl through the hole in time. Behind you, looking back, an enormous demon prowls the hallways. Its mass is so great, it hardly fits. Bits of black, sticky ichor linger where it, where it grazes the walls. It moves on all fours, much like a gorilla. It's an amalgamation of twisted creatures tied together in this inky black mass with red eyes staring in all directions. Arms grow from its stomach and even from one of its larger forearms. It seems to have no defined head, yet it peers down the hall you were previously in. It stares alert, looking for something, and then it turns and returns back to the physics area. In this room, you are met with seven archways. Each archway does not show anything. There is just blackness, almost like the cloth you saw before. Above each archway, there is a symbol. So there are seven listed here. The one directly at the back is listed as death. There are three to your left. Moon, star, tower. Don't a, go to tower. There are three on your right. Justice, the hanged man, and temperance. Well, um, so in, in the game, do, do you, who do you think would be most knowledgeable of these symbols? I think you or Drifter. Maybe even, I think honestly, any of you. I, I would say generally you or Drifter would probably know okay. more. You know nothing. Um, yeah. So I'm going to, um, I'd say Arcane, uh, Arcana, right? Which is Jake? Uh, Arcana? Yeah, sure. Or just, this is honestly just a thing you might know. I, I mean, mean, I mean I'm, I using just, I'm using wisdom or intelligence just because. Josh is going to start walking towards temperance. It's like things I've seen before. I mean, is that, sure. what do you, is wisdom okay? Wisdom. Do you want us to, what do you want us to I'm do, gonna do I'm going to do wisdom. Drifter's going to do a wisdom check to, to see if he understands the symbols. And I will tell you how much you know. Drifter knows nothing. Theories? These appear to be symbols from tarot cards. It's not quite my thing, but um, it's an interesting practice all the same. From what I know, the safest doors to enter, I think temperance would be a safe bet from my knowledge of the cards. Do you want to go in? Yes, let's enter. Um... I mean, this door in the middle here looks important. Maybe where we want to go, even if it's Which not the most safe. Death. 
the middle one. That's death. Represented by a skull, mm-hmm. typically. Hmm. Well. Pro- Josh probably doesn't recognize the cards, but. I, I'm going off of what looks important. Yeah. Uh, but once you, do you say temperance? I, from if, my limited knowledge, yes, I, I do if, believe temperance would be. Yeah. The safest bet. When you say the word temperance, Josh starts walking towards <laughs> that that door. Well, I think we've reached a decision. All Drifter. Right. I guess we go in that Care way. to join. You enter into temperance. Mm-hmm. You're on board an airship. But- Excuse me? <laughs> Let me finish. You pass into this room, and you are both there and not there. You are on board an airship. It's Sir Arthur's airship. Catherine Hayes is operating the controls, talking on a radio. She keeps speaking out, calling the Nightingale Watch. What Can we decipher what she's saying? Hey, Kate. She keeps speaking into a radio, calling out. I don't like this place very much. Is she a lieutenant? She was. She was? You exit the room. (laughs) Okay. So the next door in order would be uh, Justice. Uh, Josh will say, that sounds great. And let's walk in. Start walking in. Okay. You walk in through the door. Your feet fall upon sand. Miles and miles of sand and dunes. It's a desert. The only thing that differentiates this endless landscape of sand is a lone spire above a metal, large building. You seem to feel a sense of familiarity with this building. Above it, you see the words, Eden 1. Uh, all around you fire i recognize that from the map so um do i know exactly where that is in relation to us now yes it's uh dead center in the golden city near the golden city no okay. it's dead center in the golden oh, city it's dead center in the golden city surrounded by sand De- is is the golden city okay, cool. was it cool. once a desert the next one is the hanged man the hang, hanged man the hanged man oh, that hanged. sounds like quite a bit of fun the one of my favorite man. games as a in? child <laughs> wow <laughs> would you like to go in yes <laughs> you enter into a large building under construction only its steel skeletal frame exists in the middle of what appears to be almost a stage or stadium a lone man emaciated crippled barely clinging to life strings of light pour from his fingers connected to a puppet that moves as his fingers move. The man has no eyes, just empty sockets. A familiar, bleeding eye symbol painted on his head. Does he seem to be human? It's difficult to say. Hmm. Upon leaving this room, Drifter will kind of turn to the rest of the guys and to the party and ask, do you think these guys were watching us? It does seem like we were meant to come into each room. It's very peculiar indeed. It's possible the room's changed for us. Hmm. Strange Which room would you like to... Moon? Move on to Moon. Moon. That's a good one. Moon! You go to the Moon. Again, your feet meet sand. But the scene couldn't be any more different. You're on a beach filled with humans. Lounging about, laughing. Disgusting. Lounging about, laughing, having fun at the beach, playing, oblivious. Their clothes just swimwear, Hmm. as if this was a day at the beach. Well, well, clearly it is. 
I'd like to stay here a little longer. <laughs> uh, Chosh, uh, do you dawdle here, Chosh? No, Chosh is very uncomfortable here. All right. I want to be clear that when Jitter said that, he was staring at a couple of babes who were walking by. Ew. Like, sweet human babes. I pulled Drifter by the arm and was like, we are leaving now to the sun. Let's go. <laughs> there's, no, there, there's, there's no sun. There's no sun. Star. It's to star. Let's yeah. To the stars. <laughs> we can you shoot for the moon. You get to the stars. Okay, this was uh, the hardest one to do for me. So star? thanks for doing these uh, memories right in order. Um, you enter into star. Yes. Although you all enter together, you all are alone in your own recollection. Drifter, you're having a fight with your wife. You're at a table. She's yelling at you. A baby is bawling in the other room. She says, I can't take it anymore, Angelo. Another job, another, another pile of corpses. I can't live like this. What kind of a life is this for a child? Drifter will take a swig of his drink. I do what I do to put a roof over your head. What kind of a life is that? It's the only one we got. Please, Angelo, I'm begging you, just take, just, just, just call your father up. Ask for a respectable job. Please, come on. You could still make it up with him. We don't have to live like this. You know I can't. Drifter will, will storm off out the front door. You appear back in the hallway. Chosh, it's the big night. <laughs> Your favorite musical, The Magic Flute. You're at the Performing Arts Hall of your Paladin School. You have been preparing for this day for weeks and weeks and weeks. You're on stage. You're at the part of the story. Your character continues to play his musical magical flute, enchanting all who come by. But a man comes out and speaks out. He says, The angels are not but fancy prancy fools who cling to fabled virtues of righteousness diligence charity purity chastity he spits i laugh at them all i challenge any fool to even come close to coming to combat with me a man of true and impeccable virtues virtues i make my own the man oozes grease from his pores about the stage is a large brazier of fire Candles all light the stage. Chosh, your character, at this point in the play, generally goes into combat against this man. But these words seem to ring so violently true to you. It's your line, Chosh. Someone in the crowd coughs <laughs> as, as they wait for your line. That was, that was a great cough, by the way. Thank you. A like, great theater cough. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was very good. That was your best performance Thank in you, years, Jake. Thank you. <laughs> it was really good. Josh will uh, sort of blink his eyes vacantly from behind his uh, Phantom of the Opera-esque mask for this play. And so accurate. <laughs> You're and, breaking Elizabeth. And, um, and uh, he'll look at uh, the other actor, uh, a colleague presumably, and uh, this, sor- this evil-spirited sneer on his face... Um, and Chosh will march over r- to get right into r- right up against him, uh, which is not in this in the stage directions. And uh, Chosh will uh, switch off between speaking the actual dialogue and uh, 
improving his own sort of uh, angry riff and say, from Wolverstone to Grenenstein, I've never met such a wretched man. How dare you come onto this stage and defile the names of the angels? How dare you think to have the gumption to come here into my house, onto my stage, in this theater? You hear on the, you hear very faintly on the side of the stage, oh my god, he's ad-libbing. I knew... It was a bad idea to replace Siegfried with an understudy. Chosh is going to let out like a, a very childish, like, I'd call it a scream, but it's more of a yelp. And uh, grab this student uh, who breaks character for a second. is like, what are you doing? And throw him <laughs> off of the stage into the audience. Oh, God. Josh, what are you? Ah! <laughs> The the curtains to the stage start to close, uh, but Chosh is enraged uh, in, in a way that he hasn't been before in his life, and he loses all control and grabs one of the curtains that's trying to close and starts, like, ripping it open. The curtain is fighting him, and it gets caught on a stage light up above. The light's right on the curtain. He's pulling it and he's pulling it. The ring of metal that's attaching the curtain to the pole that's keeping it up smashes into the stage light. The, f- the, the heat from the light starts radiating onto the curtain. It catches fire. Chosh is still fumbling with these curtains. He manages to tear it down. The fire spreads. It goes from one curtain to the other. It falls into the audience. They're screaming. Oh, They're geez. evacuating. <laughs> Some... <laughs> The screams of an inflamed man wail into the crowd. One of the teachers runs onto the stage and grabs Chosh, but Chosh is flailing about. He can't be stopped. He smashes one of the stage. <laughs> he smashes one of the props. Uh, he starts bleeding and finally rests. In the flames. In the flames. <laughs> Lola. <laughs> oh, no. I oh, hope no. I did that justice. Oh, no. There was already fire on stage. <laughs> Wasn't there? <laughs> I don't know. I, I did provide you fire on stage. <laughs> you did. You did. And but, you're just like, <laughs> fuck like, em. Fuck em. More fire. <laughs> well, I just Put that with the rest <laughs> of the fire. <laughs> Lola, you hear the stirring of a metal spoon on a teacup, a stirring that has continued incessantly for the past minute. You're in your ancestral home, your manor, in your austere dining room, sitting at your table with your two sisters and your father. The walls are covered with paintings of previous generations of the Lockhart family, most notably your late mother's, which stares ominously over the table. In life she was magnanimous, kindly, but now in death this painting takes on new meaning to you. This has been one of many quiet, speechless nights ever since her recent passing. Hmm. Your two sisters look mainly at their food. The youngest has been so close to tears anything could set her off. And your father speaks to you, breaking the silence, almost breaking this spell of no one speaking at all. He says, I had it arranged, Dolores, for you to move. You ought to go out into town, and you'll be meeting a new suitor. Someone needs to carry on the dear Lockhart name. 
In the absence of your mother. Your youngest sister, Mariana, is incensed by this. Her eyes are already red with tears. She gets up, knocking over a chair. She scurries out of the room. Mariana, wait! Come back for dinner! She's already gone. Most likely run off back into the forest, as she often does. Well, that's fast. My apologies, sir. With all due respect, it's only been a fortnight since her passing. Our family is still fragile. I think it's best that I stay at home and watch over Clarice and Mariana. Clarice is old enough to take care of Mariana. You are to go and live out the family name as is expected of you. Can we not delay the meeting? How often would you have me delay? Delay, delay, delay until I'm all dead, old, decrepit, and you yourself unmarried, this manner in ruin, your sisters on the street. Is that as how you would have it be? Of course not. You've always been like this. I, I haven't. I've done my best. I've done my best to look after my sisters, to watch over mother. I, I don't need a suitor, father. I am fine here and I can watch over the manor. I can do my part just as I am. Without anyone. I've heard enough of this. I'm sending you to your aunt, and that is the final word on the matter. I prepare to respond to this, but I'm lost for words. Papa, shouldn't we go after Mariana? Leave her. She'll be back. You'll be seeing this young man in town, and there'll be no more questions. Let's table this discussion for now. It is getting dark, and I think... Clarice has a point. Mariana, Mariana does know the forest well, but she's a little young to go alone this late, don't you think? Don't you think there should be someone watching her rather than you scolding me at the dinner table? Please excuse me. And I, I slam my hands on the table and uh, forcefully get out of my chair and pace out of the room um, and go out of the manor and run to the forest and start calling for Mariana. Mariana! Mariana, come back! I know it's... I know it's hard. Mariana, I need to speak with you. Where are you? Mariana, come back! You're wandering through the woods and you wander back through the portal you went through. You're back into the room with Josh and Drifter. Do we want to keep going? Just give me a moment. I just like, I take a few breaths, try to compose myself. Okay. From my knowledge, tower isn't a pleasant sight, so brace yourselves. You all enter through the archway of tower. You enter into an area that is familiar to you. You're shocked. You hold your breath. You're in the toxic jungle again. Insects swarm around you. The spores, those toxic spores, float gently, yet deadly through the air. You try to hold your breath. You can't. You breathe in. But nothing happens. You see the ruins of Eden 4. Oh, okay. That was not that bad. Um, that was not that bad. 
Is that what you're? Is this is this fair? It's unfair. Yeah, this is. Uh, oh no no no! That's great. It's a, it's a fine. It's a fine. Well, I mean, because the tower is a disaster, and Eden Four is a disaster. Or was it Five? Whatever it would be. It's a disaster caused by your own making. Disaster caused by your own making. All right, we got one more left. Let that sink in. Um, <laughs> the you enter into the final archway. Yes. Might as well. You enter into the archway marked death. Again, while three enter, each is isolated, though you all enter upon the same scene. For two of you, this scene is familiar, at once eerie, panic-inducing. A room colored only in black, a table, a long black obelisk. Opposite you, a lone chair, although this time it is empty. Lola, you stare at this room. You're unsure of what to make it at all. It appears to just be an empty room of black. You turn and you leave. The other two of you, perhaps you linger. Perhaps you rush out. Either way, the scene to you is just as you have remembered it in the past. Drifter will walk around the table and sit in the chair that once sat opposite him so many years ago and take a moment to look around from that side and then return back through the portal. Uh, Chosh will stand around perhaps longer than someone should expectantly and after what feels like a very long time realize that he's alone here and walk out. You all return to the antechamber of all of these archways changed forever. Episode 20, The Third Trial, Part 3. Scientific knowledge is not gained without a cost.